You're listening to DraftKings Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I wanted to take a moment here before we get to this week's episode of God Bless Football. We'll have Mike Golick on. We'll have Field Yates on talking draft. We'll talk to Austin Eckler as well. Uh, I did want to take a moment to let the city of Kansas City and especially the ones impacted at the tragic events earlier this week at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade uh, that on behalf of everyone uh, on this show, me, of course, Billy, Mikey A., everyone, all the voices you hear, everyone associated with this show behind the scenes as well, that our thoughts, our prayers, our hearts are with you, Kansas City. They have been with you for a couple of days now. They'll continue to be with you uh, moving forward. I can tell you as someone who went through this uh, six years ago, uh, Stoneman Douglas High School in my city, uh, where I live in Parkland, uh, unfortunately, I am one of the few people in some way, shape, or form that can relate to what it is you are going through. And I know how difficult it is, and I am so sorry that you have to go through this. So sorry. And once again, uh, we will get to the football here in a second, but on behalf of everyone, associated with this show, I wanted to let you all know, that city know, especially the ones impacted by what happened earlier this week, that our thoughts and our prayers and our hearts are with you. God bless Kansas City. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mike Golick. God bless football. I can't believe it's over, Mikey A. Yeah. God bless football, Stugatz. Now I'm depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> depressed. Why are you depressed? Because football's over. Because he just said it's over. Like, it was, yeah, it's but this over. is the season we always win, Mike. The off season. I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> always something. Yeah. Always something until until late June till mid July where. We all do the Mount Rushmore of something as we try and kill time before training camps open. Right. Uh, how was Valentine's Day? I heard you were hammered. We got a little drunk. We did a uh, we did a sorry in advance. We did a family uh, podcast, which Mikey A produces for us. And um, we started a couple of years ago with um, Sugarlands Distillery. They make uh, High Rock Vodka in, in partnership with um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And they... They sponsored our golf tournament for the first two years at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Came and set up a bar at our house and such. And and they do sipping cream as well. And so we started drinking. And as that got going, there was cake there as well. Oh, geez. So at one point, I think it was my son, Mike, put cake in the blender and we put booze over the top and we blended it. Nice. And it tasted pretty good. Right. So that was kind of the genesis of the birthday cake sipping cream, oh. which the Golick family, we are the ambassadors 
for that for Sugarlands Distillery. So March 9th is their 10-year um, anniversary, and that's when the, the Golick family birthday cake sipping cream uh, will hit the stores. So, yeah, there you have it. So Chris and I were drinking as we were talking to the rest of the family, and, uh, and yeah, we had a few shots, and um, nothing like having a hangover at 11 in the morning. They couldn't <laughs> stop at one. They yeah. couldn't. Mm. It was very good. Right. Very good. So what did you do the rest of the day? I mean, slept. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Took uh, a bell run or something. I mean, it was Valentine's. Yeah, that was, it was Valentine's. That was later. Day, we right? went out to dinner with uh, Sydney and Ben, but uh, yeah, what? we took a nap in the afternoon. Been I mean, a while before that had happened. You can't do that. You can't nap. You can't drink in the morning, nap in the afternoon, and then go out for dinner at night. It's impossible. No one's Dude, ever done it I, before. I I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I drank in the morning. It right. probably was college. So I mean, Chris and I are sixty one and sixty. How do you mm-hmm. think that hit us drinking in the morning? We were floored. <laughs> I can't imagine. It's Gojo's fault, though. I feel like that's exactly right. And Everything's you also, his fault. You got into business with a vodka company. I mean, so that's the expectation, right? <laughs> I mean, we're the right people for it. I'll tell you that much. Right? Yeah, yeah sure. They, they have to do quality controls too, guys. Like they got to make sure everything's on the up and up before it gets released. Right. Boom. <laughs> make sure they're happy with their product. Right? It's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. We're very happy. Uh, how was your Super Bowl experience calling the game? We saw you in Vegas. How was how was the calling of the game? I mean, it, listen, it's always great because normally when I call games, I'm in the booth. So now the biggest game of the year for the last three years now, I've been on the field. Uh, it, it's nice when when you kind of have a nod and acknowledgement uh, of people when they walk by. Jay Z and I had a nice little eye contact Ooh. moment. Of, yeah, it was Jay. that was that was a, a cool moment there. Um. And you know, post. I thought Post Malone did a great job with God Bless America. Uh, the halftime show was weird in there. The acoustics weren't great in the stadium. So while I knew the songs, you could tell by the beat of the music what they were. You couldn't really. I don't know how it sounded on TV, but you couldn't really hear the words that well. Now, listen, he's a phenomenal dra- dancer, and then you get you know Alicia Keys there and Ludacris, and, and I, it was. That that part of it was very cool. Loved watching the dancing, but couldn't couldn't hear the words very well. And then the game. I mean, listen, it, it's just fun to be on the sideline, and I love looking at interaction. You know of what's going on in the sideline. You know that first half when Travis Kelsey and and starts yelling at Andy and accidentally bumps him and. People are kind of talking to Travis, other players. After that, that was a big moment. But you know that that stuff. You know people. People who are, you know, are new to this, you know, I, all of a sudden I heard on like talk shows, oh my God, did you see Travis Kelsey assault Andy Reid? I'm like, oh my God, this is like sports people trying to go and talk politics, you know, <laughs> it's just a bad idea. Right. So this is people outside the world of football who are now all of a sudden feeling like Travis Kelsey is an abuser of older men mm-hmm. and they fear for for Taylor Swift's life. Right. It, it just blows my mind. Now, did what Travis do was it out of line? Even Jason and, and his brother, when they talked on their New Heights podcast, admitted it was, but this happens. This happens during the game and then it's over. So while I, I didn't even give it a second thought, my God, because it's obviously the biggest game and you have more casual fans, did that thing blow up? Wow. It's the first time I've heard someone say accidentally. It did appear to be an accident. Like he was just, he was, he was super, 
He was, he was, Mike, he was upset. He wanted, yes. he wanted Andy to get him the ball. Now, yes. he didn't do a good job of expressing himself. He was very emotional, but it did appear to be an accident. It did. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. And, yeah. and people, this happens almost every game in some sort of way. Players pulled apart from each other, pulled away from a coach. This just happened to be on the most viewed game of all time. Yes. So there were a ton right. of eyes on it, but he is an emotional guy. He had one catch and one target. You know, in that first half, where even when they only scored 17 points and won against Baltimore, Mm -hmm. he had 11 catches in that game. Now, we saw in the second half, he got the ball a lot more, but he stayed in and he chipped on Bosa a little bit in the first half, and he just wasn't getting the ball a lot. And he's a guy that's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a great player who wanted the ball. And, you know, you frustration builds. He's an animated guy, and that's what happened. I didn't give it a second thought until you start seeing all the stuff around that going, oh, my God, people. Relax. It doesn't look good. I get it. It's not a good look at all. Right. But that stuff happens. And then kudos in the second half because all week we kept talking about who we pick. And I remember I picked it Buffalo over KC. Then I picked Baltimore over KC. Obviously, I couldn't pick the Super Bowl, but it's always like, yeah, I want to pick the other team, but Pat Mahomes. Right. And while the defense had been great, and I mean great in the postseason. The end of that game, man, that was Pat Mahomes with the ball in his hands. Yep, doing what he does. Uh, Mike, we yep. had this conversation uh, with Levitard on our main show here, and I'm wondering, can you be an all-time great defense if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback? Because you're right, yeah. the defense the defense performed at such a great level, but what we'll remember is that final drive and Patrick Mahomes yeah. winning his third Super Bowl. That's exactly right, but you have to put to it. I mean, football people will put to it for the fact that San Francisco only got a field goal in their first drive. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good team, San Francisco. Right from top to bottom, the best roster in the game, and Kansas City tightened up when they should have uh, in overtime and held them to a field goal. I mean, this uh, uh, we measure so much by postseason, right? And that's the one thing we talked against San Francisco in the postseason. All of a sudden, they were giving up a lot more in the running game, you know, going that way. Kansas City in the regular season gave up 17 points a game. In the postseason, average giving up 13 points a game going into the Super Bowl. And in the second half of games going into the Super Bowl, they were averaging giving up 3.3 points per game. So they were trending incredibly well. Spagnolo now early in the game didn't do the normal, you know, get after it pressure he did in the second half. He switched it up, me you make adjustments and it worked well. You just wonder why in a offseason of eight head coaching job openings that Spagnolo wasn't considered for any of them. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Mike, how close were you uh, to the Andy Reid? Like were you close when when Andy Reid and Kelsey kind of collided there? No, I was that that happened on kind of one side of the the sidelines. I right. was on the other side. I just saw kind of the aftermath of it. Okay. And then I had seen um as it calmed down there other players like you know putting their arm around Kelsey basically I'm sure trying to tell him calm down, calm down. But I, I yeah, I I was I was probably about 30 yards away from it. Uh, what'd you make of uh, Kyle Shanahan's decision to take the ball first in overtime? It appeared, Mike, that he didn't know the rules to overtime. His team was confused. Everyone was confused. What'd you make of that situation? No, he knew the rules, but as he said, he never really expressed them to his team. So that's a bad job, but, Mike. I'm sorry. That's part of your okay, job. Okay, but 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 let me ask you this. I, I I agree. You want your team to know everything, but now let me ask you this: What difference does it make? Does it change the way they play? 
They they the coaches decide they they decided they wanted the ball first. You want if you want to say that's a mistake, it is okay. Yes, okay. But understand this, and, and you heard Kyle's reasoning. I wanted the ball third, right? They scored a field goal. If they'd have held KC to a field goal, now it's sudden death, and San Francisco would have got the ball first in sudden death. Next score wins. Also, but Mike, you're I not guaranteed what, a third possession. He's playing I, for something that doesn't exist. I understand that. But let's throw this into the equation. Okay. Not many people, you know, that I didn't hear that. I brought it up, but I didn't hear many people bring it up. What at the end of regulation, you go to overtime, they don't wait, right? You go out in the coin toss and you start playing right away. Sure. Does everybody remember what happened at the end of regulation? The can the San Francisco defense was on the field for eleven plays in a minute and fifty seconds. Right. They were on the field a lot. In a short amount of time, a lot of plays in a short amount of time, they were dead dog tired at that point. So now, with no rest, coin toss, the the norm would be defer. You would be putting them right back on the field again after that drive. So I didn't hear a lot of people talking about that. That's a tough call when you have the choice to maybe sit them and rest them. So I got to believe that went into the equation as well. These guys were just smoked after that drive, and you were to put them right back on the field. What's not a tough call, though, is when you get it down, fourth and goal, uh, you have to go for it. You're giving Mahomes. All Mahomes has to do is go down and get a touchdown, which he did. Mike, you but, have you, you cannot kick a no, field goal in that spot. I, I disagree. Get the lead. You, you know what? You, you could, you're in the Super Bowl, right. okay? Yep. Which means you have a really good team. Make a stop. Mm-hmm. I if if you tell me any day of the week I have the lead after our first drive in overtime of the Super Bowl I'm gonna take it. I know it's Pat Mahomes, but you know what Pat Mahomes didn't do every play every drive of that game score. Right. They were they were not good in the red zone. They got one red zone touchdown because of a punt that bounced off of a of a a San Francisco 49ers gunner. So they got the ball right in the red zone there and scored the next play. Other than that, and they fumbled. In, uh, in the red zone, and they had to kick three field goals in the red zone. Then they got the touchdown in overtime, but I, I don't mind putting it on your defense. Listen, at the end of the day, should they have deferred? Probably. But I'm not going to completely crucify. You got the lead in overtime. Make a stop. I know, but you Make can't stop. You can't be the genius coach and and say, come out and actually say, I was playing for the third possession. You can't. There's no guaranteed third possession. Like you can't I, do I that. agree with that, right. but I am I am certainly not on <laughs> Kyle as much as everybody right. else is. Okay. I, I definitely am not. I think Kyle thought if they scored a touchdown on that opening drive, the game was over. It was a walk no, off. It no, would have been great. No. Gatorade no. bath, the whole thing. I mean, I disagree. I disagree, Kyle. I don't think <laughs> Kyle knew the rules. They're talking about. All the Chiefs were saying all the Chiefs knew the rules. Right. McCall Hardman didn't know the game was over when he scored his touchdown. Right. Well, Everybody talking about he yeah. he didn't he didn't know it was over. Yeah. Like I said, we want to make a big thing that San Francisco didn't know if they didn't know the, the new overtime rules. What did that matter when the defense was on the field trying to stop Patrick Mahomes? I'm not saying it, it matters. Matter. I'm I'm saying perhaps it would change your strategy as a coach as to what you would do. That's all I'm saying. Uh, right. Like, well, and and yes. that's on the coach. Right. Well, change. yes, it doesn't yes. change what players do on the field. I understand. Uh, did you get close enough to Taylor Swift? Like, were you close to her after the game? What so, happened? Here's here's the downside of that. So immediately we go on the field and do some interviews, and I got Chris Jones right away, and I did get McCall Hardman, who was phenomenal, explaining the play yep. and everything. He was started great. the season as a Jet. Oh, geez. exactly. Mm-hmm. But then 
I have to go in. I'm the one that always goes in and interviews the losing coach. Right. So I had to go in by the 49ers locker room, and before he does his presser for everybody, he talks to the TV network, which was CBS. He gives them a few minutes, and then he gives Westwood one a few minutes. So I get a one-on-one with the losing coach. So I had to go in to do that, and after I was in, that, that takes a while because he doesn't come out right away. By the time I went back out on the field, or, field Taylor was already off the field. Oh, that's so I did not get the encounter with wow. Taylor Swift. I was a little bummed at that. Why did Shanahan take so long? Was he figuring out responses to why he didn't know the rules to overtime? I mean, what Listen, by comparison, he came out a lot sooner than Nick Sirianni did the year before when I had to introduce him <laughs> by, by about a half hour. <laughs> right. uh, so, listen, I know Kyle's going to get dumped on. The bottom line for Kyle is he's been in three Super Bowls, two as a head coach, and he's had the lead and he lost it. And his third down conversion rate yes. overall in those three games is 25%. And right. in this game, I think he was 3 of 12. Yep. So listen, he's got a lot of other issues outside of making sure to tell his team about overtime rules. You know, he's they have some, some, some things to take care of on the field as well. And some clock management stuff as well. But Andy Reid, yep. we said these things about Andy Reid many, many years ago and what Shanahan needs to do is go get himself a Patrick Mahomes. Okay? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, isn't that the thing? I yeah. mean, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it's it really helped the everybody's game right. when you have Pat Mahomes. I mean, it, it it's it's so wild yes. uh on on what good it can do when you have a quarterback like that. It helps you out so much. I mean, so right now Andy Reid and Mahomes are halfway to Tom and and, and Bill, right? So well, yeah. I mean Mahomes is not halfway it, there yet. He still has four more to go, but but, no, I, I'm talking right. about Mahomes and Andy as a coach as a quarterback. Tandem. Yes. As yes. a tandem. Yes. Bill and and Tom have six. Correct. And these two have three. So yes. yeah, I know he needs that extra one to catch Tom, but I'm talking yes. about the coaching tandem right now. And let's uh remember that extra one needs to be, you know, with Carolina or something like that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> How about it? And, and let me <laughs> let me ask you guys this real quick. You know that 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 uh, documentary dynasty is coming out about the Patriots. Yes. And you've heard all the stuff about Tom saying, I wasn't going to resign with new England and Gronk saying I get to work and I didn't want to get out of the car and all the talk about right. how they were treated and how rough it was and this and that of which first I say, I'll take all that to get me a super bowl sure. ring, but I get it after a few, you might get tired of it. It all leads me to this question because of the way bill coached and the way bill is and the way Bill's not going to change. Do we think Bill's ever going to get another head coaching job? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah, I do. Why didn't he this year then? I don't know. It's a great question, but I do think a team will get off to like Dallas or Philadelphia to a one and three start, and Belichick will be there for him. I do. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I just wonder if it's past where all teams look at it and say, "Boy, once he lost Brady, and his his way is a pretty hard way." Do we want to do that? It'd yeah. Be interesting. Uh, I do think he'll coach again. Uh, Billy, you think he'll coach again? Someone will get desperate, I think, yes. and see the name and kind of be into. I mean, I don't know that he'll coach three years or whatever he's going to have to do to get the all time coaching record. Right. Because right. if he's taking over a team that's desperate, they're going to probably be a bad team. So it'll take more than a year or two to get the 15 wins or whatever he needs. But we'll see. We'll see. So there's always a desperate person looking for a yes. name, yes. it seems, <laughs> yeah. in the NFL. Yes, there is. Yeah, that's true. A quarterback that's true. Give coach. Me that. Yes. A quarterback. <laughs> Joe Flacco came back. Bill Belichick's in yeah. a coach again, okay? 
All right, Mike. We uh, it was a great season. Uh, the Chiefs win their uh, second Super Bowl in a row. They'll try to make it a three-peat next year. Uh, Golick, you were great all year for us. We appreciate it, and I look forward to staying at your house in Notre Dame this weekend. Thank you, sir. Yes. God bless football. I I will make sure that I give you the address to my house. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I already have it. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple undebatable quality great taste only 96 calories it's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most a light beer that tastes like beer you don't have to choose what's best miller light has great taste and is less filling tastes like miller time to get miller light delivered right to your door visit millerlight.com gbf or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories per 12 ounces fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer Billy, Mikey A, something very exciting happened yesterday, and you know I cannot resist the temptation when this thing happens. A mock draft was released. (laughs) Oh, just three days after the Super Bowl, courtesy of our friend Field Yates. A mock draft, Field Yates. I was so proud of you. I've never seen you do a mock draft before. It's always fantasy stuff. This is new territory for me. They told me, they said, hey, you know, if if you can find your way... You know, onto various media platforms as a result of doing a mock draft, we'll give it the green light. So I was thrilled to drop Mach 1.0. Did you have to go and kiss the ring of Kuiper and be like, sir, might Mm. I, please, can I? Get permission. I had to send him a couple cans of hairspray, pumpkin pie, Mm -hmm. and I had to make sure that the Ravens pick was to his liking. Other than that, it was all good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Were you in Vegas last week? I was in Vegas last week, which was quite an adventure. Yeah, nearly a week in Vegas. Say it again. Did it kick your ass? Oh yeah. I yeah. came back down a I came back home a beaten down man. My wife was like, What have you done to yourself? I went on very opposite ends of the spectrum trips over the past couple of weeks. After uh three days in Mobile, Alabama for the senior bowl, I came home for a weekend and then shipped right out to Vegas. <laughs> uh, two uh climates that will not be confused for each other. Uh but Vegas is I mean, it's just an unbelievable place in so many ways. I had no idea what time it was for one full week straight because yeah. the behavior of people at four AM is just as similar or just as likely to take place at noon, eight PM, midnight, you name it. People mm. are just constantly living their life out there in Vegas. Yeah, you're still feeling it though, right? I can hear it in your voice. I mean Yeah, a little bit. We're yeah. powering through, guys, but also a long day on Wednesday with the ESPN commitment. So right. Mock um, I need too. like a, I need like a, a shot of uh, I don't know, I need an espresso shot right now. Yeah, which I might get after this wraps up. Uh, that, what's your uh, What's your table game of choice, Field? Do you play cards or blackjack? For sure. Really? Do you have yeah. a run? Uh, I did not have a run. Yeah. I uh, made a donation to the great state of Nevada this past week. That's <laughs> just what they needed. <laughs> yes, yes. It's about time they finally made some money, right? Is your wife agitated by how much travel you have to do for your job? Well, the interesting part about my gig right now is that most of my travel is concentrated to a very unique time of the year. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of my travel takes place from New Year's until like right about now. I go to the combine in a couple of weeks. I'm home a lot during the football season, which is nice. It's it's reduced over the years. But she was not thrilled when I was gone for basically two weeks straight with two kids 
two years and younger. <laughs> mm. That's tough. Dicey. Yeah, <laughs> it, really, Dicey. it really is. <laughs> yeah, not ideal. Not right. ideal. But, but I do imagine Mikey A, you know Field. We all know Field here, okay? I imagine he crushed Valentine's Day, especially coming off the Senior mm. Bowl, especially coming off Las Vegas. He did Valentine's Day better than we did. Uh, is that fair to say, Mikey A? Low bar, first off, better yeah. than we did is low bar. Right. But I would imagine the word sonnet is somewhere in his gift. Ooh. Sonnet. Yeah. 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 What'd you do? Nice lengthy poem. Yeah. Poem. <laughs> What'd you do, Field? Uh, no, here's the reality, actually. I have kind of a get out of jail free card as it pertains to Valentine's Day. What? Uh, I've, we, we have a dog. And he turns his his birthday is Valentine's Day, so he turned four yesterday. Oh wow! So on Valentine's Day, I I mean I might always be fourth in my own home in terms of power rankings in my wife's eyes between right. behind our two children and our dog. Uh-huh. But I am unquestionably fourth on Valentine's Day because uh, when Cisco the Golden Retriever turns four, it's a big day around the Yates household. Okay, so you guys yep. have declared Valentine's Day really a birthday for your dog, and that's more important. At least that's what you think, right? I mean, that's what she, it's not even what I think. It's yeah. like she's told me that yeah. in no uncertain terms. I tried to teach you this. Whatever they tell you, do the opposite. Okay. Crap. Right. All right. I might have, <laughs> I might have made a big mistake yesterday then. <laughs> Billy, you're agreeing with me, right? Like she wants hey. you to think it's a dog's birthday. She's trying to tell you, hey, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Only 364 days to get it right next year. I'm so ready. <laughs> uh, how confident are you, Field, just going off your mock draft here, that Caleb Williams is the best player? in the NFL draft. I think he's the best player in the NFL draft. I feel confident in that. Uh, there are some factors that can influence decisions between now and April, but absent Caleb having like really bad interview process or telling the bears, don't draft me. I'd be surprised if he wasn't the number one pick in the draft. Uh, people have referenced how this past season wasn't as great for Caleb Williams as it was in 2022. My usual response is that in 2022, he had like one of the greatest college football seasons ever. Uh, USC has become an unlikable program. I think the fact that uh, like that and Lincoln Bradley has become an unlikable figure in college football, it has become easy to dunk on Caleb Williams. He was not as good this past year as he was two seasons ago, but he was still really freaking good. Every game he has, I don't know, a half dozen wow plays. Uh, you don't have to spend too much time studying Caleb Williams to see those wow moments, whereas other players, you have to go searching for them like a needle in a haystack. Unbelievable accuracy outside of the pocket. He's so innovative. Uh, you're going to hear it a thousand times between now and the start of the draft. He has some shades of Patrick Mahomes in terms of his you know, creativity, his ability to scramble, keep plays alive. I try to put too many players in the category of you know the best player on the planet like Patrick Mahomes. But certainly Caleb Williams is one of the better second reaction players that we've seen at the quarterback prospect spot for the past couple of years. He is definitely, definitely, to me, the favorite right now to go number one. So I put you in charge of the Chicago Bears who have the number yeah. one pick in the draft. What do you do? I'm taking him. I'm trading Justin Fields, and right. I'm doing my best to get as many offers coming my way. You know, Justin is obviously has his moments where he has been excellent. He also has his moments where he's left you wanting more, right? I mean, that final game of the season up in Green Bay, at the very least a chance to play spoiler, just kind of an uninspiring effort from the entire Bears team, but offensively they couldn't get anything going. My general rule of thumb is that three years into a player's career, if we're having the debate about whether the guy is the guy or not, usually leans towards the player not being the guy for the long haul. The Bears, I think, are going to get reasonable offers for Justin Fields between 
the fact that there are rarely good quarterbacks in free agency, but also you've got a handful of teams that are not in a spot to take a first-round quarterback that I think is worth a first-round selection, that's going to turn into some legit competition for Justin Fields. We've heard all the teams already, whether it's Atlanta or perhaps Pittsburgh, who should be calling Chicago, whether it's two, whether it's three, whether it's five, I think there will be competition. And as we know, competition drops with the price to the point where the Bears could end up having not just the first pick of the draft, not just not just the ninth pick in the draft, but potentially some sort of bonus capital to work with to surround Caleb Williams mm. with even better talent. So this is your mock 1.0. How many versions do you anticipate having between now and then? And how much wiggle room did you give yourself so that your next versions can change so that people keep logging in to see where you're ranking yeah. people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have four. As of right now, and I, I suppose that, that is subject to change, but when we put together our curriculum, if you will, for the next two and a half months, it includes three subsequent editions. The next one being, I believe, right after free agency. So like the Wednesday after free agency, we'll dip our toe into mock 2.0. The good news is that in terms of wiggle room, it kind of <laughs> writes itself. It kind of like it, it creates its own wiggle room because in two weeks we go to Indianapolis for the combine. When you go to the combine, you've got tiebreaker opportunities, right? You've got two receivers that are closely graded. If one runs a four-four-five and one runs a four-five-seven, you probably lean towards the four-five four-four-five guy. If you know one of these offensive linemen goes there and he's, I guess, offensive lineman's a little bit different. But if his arms are shorter or longer, then that might break a tie as well. So I think the wiggle room will kind of create. Um, itself organically, and there will be some changes, no doubt, from Mach 1.0 to Mach 2.0. Heck, the night before Mach 1.0 went live, I was trying to make a, a switch to one of my picks, and I resisted mm. the, the, the temptation wow. to do so. But wow. um, who was you know, it? There, there's who no was it? Up. Just tell us who was it. Number ten. Really? I wanted to flip flop offensive tackles. I wanted them to oh. instead take Tyler Guyton from they Oklahoma. They should take a quarterback. I mean, quarter. Yeah, mm. yeah. Are yeah. you available? Uh, no, but they should take a quarterback. I mean, there's this 41 years old coming off an Achilles injury. Yeah, but he almost played last year, remember? At yeah. the end of the season. No, he did play for yeah. four plays. <laughs> no, no, at the end of last season. He wasn't yeah. playing, and you know he was never going to play, and he might never play ever again. I mean, I don't know. Love your confidence. Yeah. Uh, mock 4.0. Billy, how do you feel about that? I feel like seven, eight mocks is probably a, a better number than four, right? Yeah, no, but he's, he's taking it seriously. I feel like seven or eight is, is a bit much. I do feel like <laughs> maybe you look at your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, maybe like next one, you just drop Caleb down to three and then people are like, whoa, what does field know? Is there right. something going on yeah, there? Yeah. And then see if you actually like tank his draft stock. And then by three, you just move him right back up to two and right. then on number four, right back at one. Yeah, not a bad idea. The other thing you that I want to keep do, movement in their field so that people course. stay interested, you know? Well, here's the other thing you got to do. This is a veteran trick that I've learned after after being on this job for a few months here is like there are players I thought about having in my first round mock draft in mock 1.0. Mm-hmm. What you do is you slide those guys in right. mock 2.0. Uh. And then if so, then what you've done is you've already created a pool of like, 36 mm. players rather than 32 mm. that if they get drafted like if a guy goes 28th 
right? And you had him in the first round in Mach 2.0, but not not Mach 1.0. Yes, you get to say, as I've been telling you guys for months, like right. this guy's got a real shot to go in the first round. So yes. you create a pool of like 40, 45 players so by the good. time you finish Mach 4.0. Right, covered a lot of bases. Honestly, yeah. that's all this Savvy is. Move. You just have to be right Savvy somewhere, right? You just have to be right somewhere, field, right? Of course, yes, of course. There are receipts everywhere for us. Taught you well. That's why fifty percent of the radio shows I go on, I take one side. I took the Niners and the other fifty percent I took the Kansas City Chiefs. At least I'm right fifty percent of the places I was on, you know? Of course. That yes. that right there is the oldest trick in the book. You get two weeks to overanalyze <laughs> one game. I'm with you. I, I had a much more I had, a, I had a, a slightly different but fairly um, you know, I thought pragmatic approach when I was in Vegas. Is any Chiefs fans that came up and asked me who I thought would win, I said the Chiefs. Niners fans I said the Niners. Everybody was happy. Yeah, all you made everyone happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My Q score was off the charts. <laughs> Who is the best quarterback not named Caleb Williams in this draft? I think it's Jaden Daniels. Really? From LSU. That's surprising. Yeah, I to thought me. he was unbelievable this wow. past season. Forty touchdown passes, over a thousand rushing yards. Uh, I've been saying this a lot, but I'll continue to reiterate it. Did as much as you could do in one season to boost your draft stock. Uh, probably for any player since Joe Burrow, obviously also LSU back in 2019. Jaden Daniels is an unbelievable athlete. He's a great thrower, though, as well. Terrific throwing the football down the field, has touch, has accuracy, uh, has big game production. I talk about uh, like sort of clutch moments, and no one's Patrick Mahomes, but part of what made the calculus so interesting for Kyle Shanahan is when you put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands in overtime, if all he needs is three, you might as well just like head to, head to the locker room for you know the postgame I guess, defeat. Um, if he needs seven, he might get eight, right? He'll score and they'll find a way for a two-point conversion. Yeah. Uh, Jada Daniels was it was similar this past year. I mean, not to the same heights as Patrick, but the idea that when the stakes were highest, he was his best, which to me is like a really important trait for a quarterback. There's a belief he instilled in a huddle that I thought really showed up consistently. LSU obviously has a lot of talent, but defensively, they were terrible this year. I mean, they were awful. They fired like many of their power players in the defensive staff. Um, and that's not coincidence. They were really bad, and uh, they needed Jaden Daniels to be Superman, and he often was against teams that were definitely more talented top to bottom than LSU. Uh, Field, who is the best player in the draft who doesn't play quarterback? Marvin Harrison Jr., which is sort of an easy answer. I'm not trying to cop out here, but the Ohio State wide receiver kind of does everything well. You know, he's six foot three. We'll find out exactly how tall and how much he weighs, but let's call it somewhere between 6'3 and 6'4 and 220 pounds. But really can run well. He's one of those players that like doesn't necessarily look fast when you're watching him on the field. But I guarantee you, his time speed will be insanely good. And nobody ever caught up to him. Really good after the catch. He's got a big catch radius, right? You don't have to throw the ball super accurately to connect with Marvin Harrison Jr., which Ohio State fans would tell you was often the case this past year. As Kyle McCord is no longer their starting quarterback, he's now at Syracuse. Uh, great in the red zone. He has it all. I mean, he is a very, very high floor, but also super high ceiling prospect, which if you're the Cardinals at pick four and he's available for you at your biggest need on offense, I would think that would be the easiest, like send the card into the commissioner right away pick in a long time. Where do you think Michael Penix is going to go? Like what round? There's a chance to go. Yeah. I think at the end of the first round is probably where uh, the conversation gets a little more interesting for him. Uh, as I mentioned, no trades in the mock draft 1.0, but uh, we'll start to do those at some point uh, in the near future, I would think. Uh, there are going to be teams that are going to be moving up to the back of the first round to uh, take advantage of that fifth-year option and also secure a player that they want. 
I think that's where Michael Penix Jr. fits in. Uh, obviously had an unbelievable this season this past year. Back-to-back years with 4,500 passing yards. Like The only two guys to do that in college football over like the past 10 years are him and Patrick Mahomes. Anytime you can be compared to Patrick Mahomes with a stat, yes. not a skill set, but a right. stat, I'm yeah. into it. Uh, so he was awesome this past season. Uh, there are some questions you got to answer. Uh, his his knee and his shoulder will be very carefully examined at the combine in just a couple of weeks. He had four season ending season ending injuries at Indiana, but none during his time at Washington. He stayed healthy. Uh, intriguing prospect. Uh, I think he ends up in the back of the first round. Uh, I ask you this on the way out here. We have less than a minute. Bill Belichick, you work for the Patriots. You have a relationship with Bill. Why is Bill not coaching currently in the NFL? It's a good question. I'm surprised every like every day I keep thinking like I'll wake up and Bill or Vrabel will have been hired as a head coach. And crazy. Yeah, here we are. All yeah. the vacancies are filled. Yeah. And two of you know the best, in the case of Bill, the best to ever do it are are not currently head coaches. So probably a little bit of a perfect storm here. You know, with Bill, you're not gonna hire him to well, you most likely aren't hiring him to only be the head coach, right? He's gonna want the influence or close to what he had during his time in New England, but if uh, I would call those two are like the 33rd and 34th head coaches this season. If the coach starts slow next year, yep. I can only imagine the fan base is thinking, well, we got Belichick and Vrabel waiting in the wings <laughs> if we want to make him our interim head coach. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Phil, we appreciate it. Mach 1.0 is out right now. Check him out, ESPN.com uh, and all the ESPN platforms. For every mock draft you do, that means an appearance on this show, okay? So three more with Deal. you, right? All right, good. I'll, I'll do 10 now. I'll do 10. <laughs> okay, good. Mach 10. I can't wait. Uh, we'll talk to you next week for Mach 2. See ya. All right, see ya. How's everyone doing? Good, man. Hello. Sorry we, uh, we missed you. I know, man. You know how it is. Flipping Super Bowl week. It is crazy. Yeah. What'd you get into? Interviews, appearances, meet and greets. I was at an Albertson doing a meet and greet. It's <laughs> not as as random as a place that I've been at. I lost my voice. I was right. talking for like seven days straight. Straight, so yeah, voice is coming back a little bit. So that's been nice. But um, yeah, it's it was a nonstop marathon of speaking, meeting, pictures, and you know all of that. Uh, Mike EA was asking me right before you came on, what percentage of people leave Vegas? Because I left Vegas. Vegas kicked my ass, and I want to talk to you more about Albertsons, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Vegas kicked my ass. What percentage of people leave Las Vegas and say, you know what? I kicked Vegas's ass. Um, <laughs> probably less than five. <laughs> it's a high number. Less than five people or less than five? Less than five percent. Percent okay. of people are like, yeah, I really took it to Vegas, you know? I feel like most of the time it's people that are like, man, I'm ready to go home or man, like that was a drag, which, which is a good thing, you know? But, um, yeah, I think it's uh, one of those experiences where you're not anticipating walking as much as you're going to do. You don't anticipate spending as much money as you you anticipate maybe winning money. You don't win money. That that kills your vibe. It's right. it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors, you know, as as the <laughs> saying goes, where you're like, okay, here's how it's going to go. I feel like it rarely actually goes to plan. So you got, I don't know if you caught on, uh, and I saw it on not your social media, Austin, but the other person that I'm going to mention, another friend of ours was hanging out with Austin and Gordy Gronkowski. It seemed ah. like you were doing stuff with Gordy this past yeah. week. Yeah, Gordy and I are part of the same, what we call it, the neighborhood. Um, and we, so we have a lot of the same connections, um, one being Dave Meltzer that we were talking to. And then uh, we were also at a, 
Well, we had another event together. Oh, shit, I forgot. They all blend together. Um, oh, we, we did like a celebrity poker tournament together as well. So we, we've been crossing paths for the last few years now. And he came to like one of my things I did for experience, my app out here in Vegas. So like I said, we're part of the same neighborhood. So we cross paths quite often. I like members of the God bless football community getting together, Billy. It makes me happy. I don't know about you, but. It's funny how they get together never with us, though. Like, that's my favorite part is when they all cross Unless you're flavor played, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys got to start making some appearances more is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, now, listen, next year listen I will join you. Down when I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, next year I will join you at Albertson. Right, right, like, right, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing? You're Austin freaking Eckler. And Billy, listen, that noise you heard from Billy when you announced that you did an appearance at, at that, what's it called again? At Albertson's. Albertson's yeah. Vegas, it got the best of me. That's because that's Billy's wheelhouse. Billy spends a lot of time in places like Albertson. But what uh, are you doing there? Like, why are you there doing an appearance? Well, so here's here's the deal. Here's The Super Bowl is kind of like a, a focal point for a lot of advertising. And meaning mo- probably like 40% of their budget probably goes to, you know, spend it on the Super Bowl in some way with appearances, commercials, things like that. And, um, you know, us as athletes get to take part in that and helping them spend that money. And so um, I was doing a, a paid appearance out there in Albertsons, a um, little bit off the strip. And so and I'm in this place where people don't even know this is going on. So I got people walking in to go get their groceries, go get their syrup. And, and this girl was about to go make some chicken and waffles, she said. She's like, oh, my gosh. She had no idea I was going to be there. So uh, it was it was interesting. Uh, but it was it was you know made for some good conversations, being able to surprise people. But yeah, Super Bowl, you get into a lot of wacky things. I was at Top Golf. I was at, like I said, the Albertsons. I was in Jewel Nightclub. You're never gonna find me in the club, not very often anyway. Jesus. And I was like in the I was like in the DJ booth, like doing a little hype speech, getting everyone mm. from this visa event that we're putting on excited for for the club at like midnight. I was exhausted, but um, yeah, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. I did some stuff for Dairy Queen, like. Right. Ooh. I'm all over the place um, right. when it comes to the Super Bowl. I love a good blizzard. Do you? Oh, who, I mean, home of the blizzard. You know, they hand it to you, they flip it over, and you know, here you go. Here's your blizzard. Right. Uh, I mean, who doesn't love a good blizzard? Uh, Mikey A. <laughs> yeah, never had a blizzard in my life. <laughs> That's where he draws the line. <laughs> it seems like not making the Super Bowl perhaps was more lucrative to you than making the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't well, know. You try to get the same value. Yeah, there's, there's different values, but you know, right. you try to take take advantage of uh, for both of them. You know, um, yeah. I mean, when I don't go to the Super Bowl, which I've never been, so the times I'm out actually partaking in all the things around Super Bowl leading up to it, I meet so many connections, meeting like like I said, expanding that neighborhood, um, running into Gordy, people like that, and so doing the celebrity poker tournament, meet a bunch of other celebrities, meeting people in the investment space, entrepreneurs, meet a ton of fans, making their day. So there's definitely things to take advantage of. Of the 5% of people who leave Vegas and say, I kicked Vegas' ass, how many of them have the last name Gronkowski or Kelsey? <laughs> I mean, I would probably say they probably, yeah, kick Vegas' ass for sure. I mean, right. Gronk, the, all the Gronk brothers, they have, uh, they have their beach party that they throw every year there. So they're getting yeah. paid to go out there and party and use their name to promote as well. So, I mean, that's a win. Um, and then also, you know, Kelsey, shoot, just the Chiefs, they never lost in that flipping stadium out there. And then obviously um, 
doing it in Vegas too. I mean, there you go. I mean, even a, that's a bonus. So yeah, they definitely won, especially this weekend anyway. I don't know about other other times, you know, but this time they won. Before uh, the Super Bowl, we talked to you about it and we were trying to give you tips as, as as people who live in a city that hosted the Super Bowl in their hometown before and said it's kind of annoying when it's in your hometown. Did you like it being where you live or did you find it to be more of an inconvenience because it kind of got in the way of your everyday life? No, it was it was great from my perspective, but that's because I was actually going to the Super Bowl. But the traffic on the day of got absolutely insane. Have you ever seen like those? I forgot what country it's in, but there's no lights or anything. But everyone's just kind of meshing together. Like people just go. That's what it turned down to out there because it would be a red light, like a left turn arrow where the the turn lane can go and everyone has to stop. No one's stopping. It's red. People are going through. The other one's already green. So they're trying to inch their way through. And it's just madness. And so it was only like that for two days. Luckily, I wasn't around the strip down on those two days, only just a little part of it. But I'm just watching these videos of people seeing all this stuff going to go down. So I really avoided the, the worst part of it. Uh, but for the most part, it was pretty smooth. I thought it was like it's spread out enough. And Vegas is set up to be able to hold a, a lot of a lot of people like with the parking garages, multiple ways into the to the strip and everything. So that was great. And then they have everyone that parks away from the stadium and you have to walk across this bridge across the highway. So it really separates everything, kind of spreads it out, but not too far, but definitely like within a couple mile radius. So um, I think Vegas, is, I think they're going to have it back here. I mean, you know, going forward probably a, a few times just because do you guys hear about like the betting numbers on the game? Yeah. Crazy. It was like, it was like $50 billion that was like yeah. bet on the, on the game. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that compares to like previous years, but I'm guessing there was some type of heightening of that because of um, the Super Bowl being in Las Vegas, you know, home of of gambling and all of that. So um, overall, well done, NFL. Well done, Vegas, in my part. Uh, so you think Vegas did a good job because people were concerned, Joe Buck amongst them, uh, concerned about Vegas hosting a Super Bowl. But you felt like your your city that you're living in right now did a good job, right? 100 percent. I think it was a smash. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see like the numbers that come out. I'm sure there's going to be records broken of, you know, just numbers coming in, bets. Like for me now, that, that stuff matters, you know, because it's like, oh, how's the city doing? Like um, that's what pays my, for my my supplementing my income taxes that I don't have to pay here. You know, it's all these betters that are coming and donating to the casinos. Sure. They just call it gambling. Um, yep. So <laughs> I, love to, I love to keep up with it. It's pretty cool. Uh, we'll get to uh, Billy in a second because he gambled for the first time in Vegas, and so I want him. To- ah. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's. Wait, 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 wait! Before yeah. we go there, we got We got to know. Everyone's got to know. Did you guys win Vegas? Uh, listen, I was up by twelve points headed into uh, headed into Thursday night on Vegas. I was kicking Vegas's ass, but Vegas went on a twenty-four to nothing run, and, ah. uh, and I lost. Man, <laughs> ah. <laughs> that place just got me. Man, it's bad. Okay, yeah. okay, Billy. What about you? You were out there too, right? I felt like I beat Vegas. I feel like it was a good job. I mean, I didn't I didn't do much. It was just work every day, so I didn't really enjoy a ton, but I feel like the work was productive. I feel like we went in with a plan, we executed and we got out alive. I mean, I was tired, but we got out alive. So, Billy. Yeah. Are you saying you hate your job or like, damn, I can't <laughs> enjoy Vegas the way he, he didn't get to enjoy Vegas the way one would want to enjoy Vegas. Oh, yeah, like, I didn't, I, yes. No, like I didn't do Man, party. Like, I, 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 I hate his job. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, dang, Billy. Like, we got to get this guy. We got to cheer this guy up. I'm saying we did. I didn't go out to parties at night. I, just, uh, I wanted okay. to do. I wanted to do more networking than I did. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, and I wasn't able to do a ton of that just because we were going back and forth between Radio Row. We did a live yeah. show at the Circa two different days. So like, there's a lot of traveling in between. There's lots of interviews and stuff like that. So like. The plan was executed. It was just right. a matter of like once the plan was executed, it kind of took a lot out of me. So there wasn't a lot of like extracurricular oh, yeah. activities, if that makes yeah, sense. That's, that's what I kept telling my team because there'd be like things that would be paid and be like, oh, these optional unpaid things. And, you know, the week before on paper, it's like, oh, that's great. Let's do them. You know, and then you go out there and you do the things that you have to do. That you're obligated. And then you're like, wait a minute. My energy is like in the dirt yeah. you know? right. <laughs> or it took longer. Or it's like, now we have to go over there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I was at Alverson's all day. Now I'm like, I could go to this optional hangout, but I just talked to people for an hour and a half straight about their barber shop that they live down, that they work out down the road. Yes. You know, and I'm like, ah, okay, maybe let's just go home and rest. So right. you, I that did, was specific. I did you need to learn how to work through a line, my friend, okay? Like when people are talking, just a quick picture. What's your name? Where are you from? Thanks for coming out. Boom, next. I can't do it, man. I can't. I, like, yeah. Like that first engagement, like I want them to feel like special. Like I want them to feel like I like because I do like I'm like very thankful that they came to see me. And so like I'll ask a couple questions. I'll talk about what you got going on, where you're from, you know, so I can't just be like picture next, you know, so I Austin. Austin, you need a sidekick. You need you need the guy to be the ass for you. You need the guy that's going. All right. Austin's had enough of you. Move on. You need that. (laughs) Anytime you want to hire me, I'll do it. All right, I got you. <laughs> I, I did say this, Austin. I think that I think that Vegas is a great host city. I thought that like of the couple a couple that I've done, I did Phoenix, Miami, Atlanta, Vegas. I think Vegas was a great city to host the Super Bowl. And I think that the NFL should go back there as often as possible because the city loved it. And since it was the first one, part of it was also about the city more so than the game. I felt like at some points it's just like, oh, this is Vegas. But it's such a great host city for that spectacle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's there's other things like that. Like March Madness is a big time for for Vegas. And so it's like one of those things that's like a staple. Like I got I know all these people that are coming out for March Madness to be around the betting, to be around watching the games and things like that. Super Bowl is another one that fits right into one of those categories of this is just a great it's a whole week because it's like there's a whole campus. They got the NFL experience. They got media. They got players everywhere. Like so there's just a whole experience for the entire week that can go on and, and have all this these cool lights and places to actually host all this stuff. So I agree. And and the stadium's right there too, which is something yeah. that you don't get in a lot of cities where you have to drive way off to get to and the actual gorgeous, stadium. Man. Right there in the middle of the town. Yeah, so true. So true. It just keeps this city keeps growing on me more and more every single yeah. year. Where it's like this is in my backyard. I, I can I can be down at the win. I could be at the R. I could be all that within 18 minutes and then be back mm-hmm. at home, you know, in normalized living. Um, so it's it's been great. Sounds like he's leaning towards the Vegas. Yeah, Raiders, I was going to say, I mean, we're talking about like doing that in November, October, <laughs> off season. Like, what are we thinking? Uh, no promises yet. We'll find out here in about a month what's going on in my life. Yeah. Uh, what'd you make of the game? Man, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great in the entirety of it. It started out obviously a little bit slower as far as the offensive play, but defenses were both staying strong. And I thought it was really well. I think, I think the the risk was managed both on both sides where it was like, you don't have to push it. Like I, I had people that were with like, they need to be going for it on fourth down. Cause they're just getting impatient, right? They're getting impatient, but they held true. They, they let their defense go out there and continue to get stops for them. And they, the, each team was like inching up the scoreboard, which 
I think made it more intense as it got into overtime because you're like, okay, now, like now there's definitely going to be a winner. Um, as it wasn't really clear, you know, going into the, the first four, first four, it was like, Hey, like who's going to just barely inch by. And so I'm glad it ended with a one drive for each team. Um, they get an opportunity um, to go out there and, and, and score. And I saw the fact that it went to overtime, I think made it a great game. If it wouldn't have gone over to overtime, it kind of would have been boring. Like, ah, like what the heck? Um, right. So I thought it was. I thought it was awesome. You know, I didn't really care who won. Pat won. It looks like we have a a new era of you know the the championship uh, team, like we did for the Patriots. Um, which hey, they they've earned that. So um, if I'm in the division, looking forward to keep beating them. Because um, hey, if you want to be the best, got to beat the best. But uh, I thought it was great overall. Did you know the overtime rules in the Super Bowl? Yeah, they changed them. Um, they you knew I that. Yeah, I knew that. Well, because, because Kyle Shanahan was coaching in the game, and he didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good, right? <laughs> that's not good at all. Like, well, they changed it after the, the Bills and the, and the, Chiefs. the Chiefs game. But, yeah, I knew the rules. I don't know if it's because I was at NFLPA meetings or they did it. They talked about it at the beginning of the of the year or what. But, yeah. I, no, yeah. everyone was there. You were just paying attention because you're Austin Heckler. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah, that right. too. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, Tony Romo didn't know. No one knew. I didn't know, to be honest uh, with you. Yeah. Well, they wanted to make sure it was fair, so one team can't just go down there and score a touchdown. Um, so, yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. You both get a possession. Yeah, you both, you know, want to go down and try to score. But, look, if if you go down and hit, kick a field goal, you got fourth. They were like a, the fourth fourth down. Yeah. They kicked the field goal. Like, I still think that's the right move, even if they, you know, don't get the ball. If they don't get the ball first, like, Make your defense step up. Your defense has been playing well all game. Yeah. Um, so, either way, uh, your boy Brandon Staley would have went for that, though. There's no question. I mean, he's not he's not kicking <laughs> field goals when there's a touchdown available to him. I mean, oh man, yeah. Hey, I, I don't say that critically. Like with Mahomes getting the ball back, I'm not certain I wouldn't do the same thing. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Just to make sure that hey, you're going to force them to have to score a touchdown. But here's the thing. Now, if you don't get it, now they all all they're doing is playing for a field goal, and so. I think that's tough. I think it's so tough if you say, right. oh, hey, we're going to – instead of making them go actually score, which they had to score, or at least tie, um, if you only make a play, hey, Mahomes, you only have to get to the 40-yard line. I don't like those. I don't like those odds. You know? uh, knowing how hard it is to win in this league, um, when you look at a guy who's been in the league for six years, he's made it to the AFC Championship uh, game every year. He's made it to four Super Bowls, won three, three Super Bowl MVPs. Are you sitting there as like one of his peers? Are you like, what the f***? How good can this guy be? Like, how are you experiencing all this? Yeah, you know, I think it's a combination of what they got over there. It's obviously, you know, the great players, but then also in football, coaching has a has a big influence on the game as well. And so I think they have a good chemistry going over there right now. Um, and, you know, when you have that chemistry, you try to hold on to it as long as you can. You know, you saw, you know, with um, <clears throat> before we saw it with the, the Patriots and, and Brady, right? They try to keep that chemistry, try to keep that same demeanor. And it's the it's the Belichick and the Brady era. Um, so I think we're seeing a new era that probably going to stay coupled together for a really long time and Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's awesome for the game. Um, just in general, playing those guys, obviously you want to go out there and just beat them every time. You know, sure. play these guys twice a year, uh, but you have to, you have to put respects where respect is due, regardless if you like them or not. And they've earned, you know, yeah, three Super Bowls now. Um, so man, it's, it's, it's amazing for the game to see it shift and see like a new, a new powerhouse in the league that's taking over. Because now that's the standard. It used to be that okay, like the standard is now over here, and now it, it kind of it shifts, right? As as we continue to evolve and new players come in and out.
Uh, Billy, Mikey, I'm going to pin him down. I hate to do this to Austin, but I'm going to pin him down. You Wait, played. You against always do every week. Every week. You played oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't hate it either, Austin. No, no, I, I, a little bit. I don't. You're right. Uh, but go, you played against both guys, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Who's better? Wow. Um, who is better? They're both really good for different reasons. Um, and I think that's that's where it's hard to really compare. It's not necessarily like apples to apples because they're not like the same. Like I would say like a, a Brady and a Manning would be like a little bit more like pocket passer, right? Really can distribute out, really can call the plays, get them, get everyone lined up. And then I think you have with Mahomes who is, has the ability to create more than both of those guys did on his own with him just scrambling. That's, I think that's the, one of the biggest things. It's not underrated, but it's like one of the biggest strengths that this guy has is that the throws that he can make sidearm and over and all over the place. And then also these scrambles for seven, eight yards. It's just so annoying, but he gets it done. Um, so who's better? Shoot. I think, you know, you, it's, I, I want to say that Mahomes is trending in that direction, but I uh, right. still got a few more years to go, but I would say Brady right now, just because I've seen his full career played out and, you know, I've seen him go for seven, even though Mahomes is hot right now. Yes, um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it matters when you get hot. I think it just matters, you know, how long you are able to continue to play at that high level, how many championships you continue to go get. And so he Mahomes is on the right path to getting there. All right. Billy is, uh, he's right. He sent me a message. I presented that the wrong way. Game for your life. You need to win the game. It's a game for your life. And you could only Mm. choose one of two quarterbacks, Patrick Mm. Mahomes or Tom Brady to lead. In their prime. Uh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes prime, Tom Brady prime. I'm not certain what Tom Brady's prime was. It may have been when he was 40 years old. I don't know. It might have been today. Right. It might be today. <laughs> Brady wins that game, by the way. If he's on the he does. He wins it. Yeah. It might be. Um, I still think I'm going to take Brady. Okay. Um, and maybe yeah. I'm biased because I played Patrick twice. I've been playing him for the last, you know, six years and just been tired of all those games. So I'm taking right. Brady. He likes to talk, right, Patrick? No. Nah, I mean, if, yeah. He's if not you, talking, uh, but he just likes to talk, correct? I mean, Look, everyone's got their personality, you know. I, I've never had a problem with him as a person, but okay. All right. Uh, did you see who Kelsey you have a Taylor problem with as night? a person? What, who do I have yeah. a problem with as a person? Oh, I love yeah. That. Um, I love it's more. It's, really it's not that I have a problem balls. with as people that individual. It's more of a of a like an energy or a vibration. Have you heard that? I don't really mm-hmm. vibe with. Um, right. And there's people that. Well, the people that I do vibe with are people that are really trying to like actually do good for themselves and actually respect the people around themselves. People that I don't really mess with is people that are really full of themselves and act as if they're above others and really think that, oh, I'm too good for you. I don't need to be around you because I'm this person or I've done this. I'm not really a fan of that. So I'm a I'm a people person. Uh, I keep a very open mind. I respect people um, because people are people. We're all we're all a person. Um, And so. Even those people that I don't vibrate with, I still respect, but tend not to stay around those types of, of people because I want I want positive, incorporating, uplifting energy. Even though if we're not doing the same things, they're not going down the same path, I still am encouraging you to hopefully be a better version of yourself and make an impact that's fulfilling in your life. So if you're not trying to do that or you're taking away from that from other people, I don't vibrate for those people. So those are the people I have um, individual beefs with. So I won't say names because for obvious reasons. I was trying to find the guy that punched you in the head by accident in that fight, but I couldn't find it in time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even that, even that, like, why don't you go read that speech? 
look, look, my team, not my football team, my my internal team, we'll go back and forth. We'll butt heads. You know, it's not physically with a helmet, you know, to the face or a pit fist to the face, but it's it's healthy. It's healthy in Bowers. a way to have competition. Not not necessarily that, Dante but just Bowers, to have yes. like a p- opposition. We're about right. to go play a football game. We're not friends. We're about to right. go smash into each other. So, you know, we don't have to be knuckleheads and try to knock each other out right now, right, Bef- before the game starts, before we're even getting paid. Let's wait till we're getting paid to do it. Uh, by the way, we're, we've all, I uh, mean, me, Mikey A, Billy, we're all thinking this, uh, and I should have addressed it earlier. Uh, are we in the neighborhood? The three of us, oh. are we are we part of that neighborhood? Or, or Well, clearly you're in the neighborhood if we're already crossing paths with other people that are in the neighborhood with. That's and, true. Yes. You know, so the, here's the thing. I don't even know who's all in the neighborhood. Like, right. you might have a house, you know, on the other side of the neighbors that I that I know, but I'm like, oh, well, you're still in the neighborhood. I just haven't been introduced to you yet. But it's inevitable. It'll, it'll eventually... You know, if I'm proactive, I'll eventually get to, you know, a crossing with you. So, um, you know, you're connected to to Gordy. I'm connected to Gordy. I'm connected to you. You're in my neighborhood. I speak to you guys all the time. Um, So, yeah, you guys are definitely in the neighborhood more than Has the Harbaugh communication dried up at all or where are we at with that? Yeah. So, well, we saw he he put out like, hey, we'd love to have Austin back on the on the team, you know, which is, which is great, but yes. you know, until we're talking, you know, numbers and contracts, that doesn't really mean much, you know, <laughs> it's just something you, you had to say, say. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you can say you want all these players back on the team, but I do respect him, you know, making that shout out. I'm sure he got asked specifically about that. So, um, you know, look, he, he already let me know that he respects me, you know, um, and I likewise, you know, exchange that. Um, so, but it's something out of his control. I think it's something that he will have an influence on, but uh, it kind of just depends on what the entire organization is trying to do. do. Do they have an appetite for bringing Austin back? Do they have, Do they not? You know, um, so until we're talking contracts and paper, none of that means anything. But I do I do appreciate the respect. Uh, Billy was wondering who our neighbors are. Yeah, uh, now just thinking about our neighbors in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? <laughs> who are the neighbors? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we we can get the list going. It goes on and on. And uh, my neighbors might be different than your neighbors. Yeah, oh, we, we have no your doubt. Your neighbors are, yeah, right? are better than ours by far. 100%. We're at the end of the block. I like what you put yeah, Exactly us. right. We're the small house that no one wants to be around. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, you guys got some overgrown grass and stuff. Exactly right. <laughs> A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple undebatable quality great taste only 96 calories it's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most a light beer that tastes like beer you don't have to choose what's best miller light has great taste and is less filling tastes like miller time to get miller light delivered right to your door visit millerlightcom gbf or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories per 12 ounces fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer